Hi everybody, welcome to Allie, Aaron, and the Multiverse. We are here to talk about episode 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks called Moist Vessel. I'm here with Allie. She is new to the Star Trek universe, but every episode she gets better and better. And I'm the big nerd who's watched way too much Star Trek and should probably do something better with my time. And Allie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Erin? I'm good. I think we. this is the best we've ever done with recording right after the episode. It's the same day we're catching up. I'm really proud of us. <laughs> it's harder than I thought it would be the podcasting game, but I feel like we're starting to figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely figuring out our sound and, you know, the whole process and just when it works best to record. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about episode four. Allie, do you want to give us the uh, overview of the episode? Yeah. So basically the uh, Cerritos is working with another ship. I'm not, I can't remember the name of their ship, but they're working together to look at this, look and research this, um, abandoned vessel, I guess, that was from, like, years and years and years ago. I can't remember if it was also a Federation ship or not. From what I could tell, it was a really cool old, old ship. I don't think it was from the Federation, but it had some sort of amazing property, like things grew from it for some reason. I don't Yeah. I don't remember exactly how that was, but it was like this ship's really cool and all of the crew was cryogenically frozen, but I think they're like way too old. They're mummified or something. Yeah, I think it said they were mummified because the the pods had like lost power or something. Right. But basically on that ship, that old ship, there's, I think it's called a terraforming substance. And so basically, like you said, it, if it touches anything, it just like grows life or not necessarily life, but like living things. So like plants, rock, things like that. And eventually they are, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but it looks like they're like scanning the ship from the Cerritos and the other ship. And then something pops, a panel pops off of the ship. So they're not actually scanning the ship. That's a tractor beam they have on it. And they're both working together to pull the ship because they're trying to, I think they're going to take it to a star base and examine it. Got it. Okay. So while they're doing that, and then while they do that, the tractor beam on the ship that's not the Cerritos pulls off a panel from this from this old ship, and it causes the terraforming substance to then go around the outside of that ship and come towards the other ship, whose name I still don't remember. And then the Cerritos tries to stop their tractor beam, but it's too late. And then the terraforming substance is on their ship too. And then the whole episode goes through them freaking out because everything is being bombarded by rocks and plants and water and all this stuff. And then they figure out how to fix it and how to, you know, how to make it go away and yeah i think that's pretty good i think you uh <laughs> you put that in a nice little bow so this was a really fun episode we got we finally got some tendy focus i was excited about that definitely me too and we got to see we learned a lot more about mariner and we saw her with her with the captain for the first time which is her mom this one i think had the least amount of focus on boimler as well although we did get a nice little bit with him and not very much with uh rutherford either it was mainly just the girls in the episode today yeah it was girl power episode hell yeah <laughs> the show starts out and they are in the conference room they're talking about the ship they found 
it's pretty much just giving us a basic overview of what the episode's about. Mariner cannot stop herself from yawning. She's just like, and I like the animation because her mouth was so gigantic. What did you think about that? I thought it was really funny because she was so over the top, but I don't think they could have done it any other way. You know, like they needed to exaggerate that to really put the point across. And I think that, you know, she was partially being a pain, but also like... the guy was pretty boring and it kind of shows how her mother has to be diplomatic and understands that as her role and we see that in the end too and how Mariner just really doesn't give a crap about being diplomatic like she's all about the cold hard truth you know I feel like this scene and this episode really shows us that Mariner, she's really good in a in an emergency, in a situation, she's all about it. But otherwise, it, I think it also shows her immaturity, actually, because there, you know, there's a time and a place to sort of be a smartass and all of that. But I was kind of surprised by how willing she was to do that in front of another captain, someone from another ship, not just their people, but other other crews. So that was surprising to me. You know, the way that uh, that the captain and uh, Commander Ransom, their first reaction is to try to punish her into leaving, which is also, I feel like, not the best uh, leadership style. But, you know, the, that's that's one way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've, or at least the captain has tried quite a bit to, like, figure out where Mariner belongs, you know? Obviously, Mariner was... I don't, was she a general before or a no 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 or? that she she was probably I don't imagine she was anything higher than a lieutenant she still seems okay. pretty young I I don't think she was anything further than that she just doesn't seem to want any sort of actual responsibility she just wants to do things she doesn't want to you know do the paperwork or right. sit around and deal with crap. She did have that responsibility before, and obviously that didn't work out for her, so now she's an ensign again, and, like, she's been on, what, four different ships or something, and, like, a ton of different planets, so Mariner obviously has, like, the experience, and that obviously didn't work for her, so I feel like her mom is trying to, you know, find other ways to get her to kind of be obedient in a way, using air quotes there, but... Just kind of trying to find a way to give her more responsibility and make her take responsibility for her actions as opposed to, you know, acting the way that she did in that conference room. Obviously, Ransom and uh, the captain have that discussion. They're like, oh, why don't we just give her all of the worst jobs on the ship? So that's where we see her do the holodeck, like, cleanup duty. What was she doing? Something on the, the like, elevator thing? She was lubricating the turbo lifts. I think Strax comes in and just smashes the sign off of it and yeah. tries to use it. And she's like, emergency stop, turbo lift nine. Like, <laughs> You wouldn't just, you know, push a maintenance sign aside. So, yeah. So, she was, like you said, she was lubricating the 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 turbo lift. And, yeah, I think it's completely, like, irrational and totally goes in with the fact that this is a comedy and animated. Like, I feel like you wouldn't be able to do things like that in a live action series. I mean, you probably could, but it just, live action, I feel like, needs to be more realistic. And this obviously does not need to be realistic at all. So I think that that was funny how he just totally like threw caution to the wind and was like, screw this. I don't care if anyone's in here. I'm just going to go to where I need to go, you know? 
so she was doing that and then she also like had that other job where she was like cleaning gunk off of something and she ended up making a competition out of it and making it fun with other people who were also doing the same job and ransom came and saw her do that and was went to report to the captain and was like she's making it fun like she's she's not you know she's she's not getting she's not getting down on anything she's like she's not frustrated about it I mean she's probably frustrated but she's making the most of what she's got you know and so I feel like that's actually a good talent of hers as a leader being able to make things you know enjoyable that might not otherwise be so I think that's a great skill so it's kind of funny that all of these things that she was given to try to get her to leave she you know you can make a game out of it although i don't think she enjoyed the holodeck garbage removal from and that's a scene no. from the uh from the, the preview, preview that we yeah. talked about and and then on the bridge you see commander ransom he he's like i gave her the bleep duty for the bleep removal i thought it was funny that captain ransom was like they do that in there like she was surprised people are doing it in the holodeck i would think that that would be the first thing you would think of i mean come on that's what people use technology for <laughs> i guess that's true that's really gross though yeah oh it's super super gross they then decide to promote mariner because obviously that's something that she would hate and then would maybe like do something to get her kicked off the ship or do something to make her get transferred or she'd be like no i don't want to be here transfer me to another ship so that i can do just be an ensign and do that or whatever, you know? Because obviously she loves the brig and she's, you know, she's not gonna hate anything more than getting more responsibility. Yeah, the way that they were trying to get her to transfer was just to bore her to death. That The card game is a callback to Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation. They did that all the time, all the meetings and everything. I thought that was funny about, oh my God, the chair should have a stripe. It shouldn't have a stripe. And even on the little screen, they had a picture of a bar stool and a chair. And she was just like, I, I like that. It, I thought it was a little strange that they had her change her uniform color, but we have seen people in command positions wearing yellow. So I'm not sure exactly what that was about, but it was kind of cool to see. I like that we're getting to see characters in different looks. That one, that part's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it was also just to differentiate, you know, a little more. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, she had the second pip. pin. Th yeah, the second. It's a pip, like pip, pip, cheerio. <laughs> yep. <Okay>. Yep. <laughs> so she had a second pip, obviously, but I mean, they're so small on the body that like, mm -hmm making her uniform yellow is a good way to kind of differentiate that and show that she's not just an ensign anymore you know not that I mean I don't really know the color I'm assuming the colors are for like different sectors on the ship but yeah. um but I mean I think it's just mainly for us as viewers to differentiate that she's not where she was before I think that's a good call I wouldn't have thought about it that way but I think you're right it it makes it more obvious and it would make it more obvious to her, it would put her out of her comfort zone and everyone she knows, like something is different. So it, it kind of excludes her in a way. And yeah. uh, for the uniforms, blue is generally medical and science. Red is command. And yellow can be security. It can also be operations command. I think that for her, they were putting her into operations because they had her doing reports and things like that. Right. And yeah, that's that's generally it. You know, they just like to 
they like to keep it colorful. Got it. Got it. Um, well, color coordinating is great, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, you're wearing blue in the logo and I've got red because, you know, red hair, red outfit, just go for the whole thing. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. So she gets promoted. She's doing all this boring stuff, obviously. (laughs) And then Boimler comes in to her, like, quarters now. And he's Mm -hmm. like, what? You get your own room and blah, blah, blah. And basically she has everything that he wanted, which he literally states in the show. And he's like... You literally have done nothing right. You're like, oh, you slack off like all this stuff. And so he takes that and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do everything the way that you do it, which we don't really get to see much of. Which no, but he s- really just decides to go off the rails right away. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. And he's he got like, that dark look in his face. Oh, he's yeah. like, ha 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 that that was a good that was a good scene and then when he forgot to turn off his um combat combat yeah so they're like um what and he's like oh nothing never mind i'll be there (laughs) oops i'm in the holodeck moriarty (laughs) in the next generation they do the program uh sherlock holmes and moriarty all the time so i think that's a reference to that because he was like oh i'm in the holodeck program but he still afterwards was still like ha 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 yeah, he was. He definitely went all out for that one. And then we see Mariner in the office with the captain. She's getting chewed out by the captain and they're going back and forth. And then we have the, we cut back to the ship. The other captain wants to be, wants to be, I guess, the best or something. They, I think there was a scene where they were talking about, you know, the accolades they would get. And she was like, aha, I'm going to get my name on a plaque for this. And he was like, and she's like, I mean, we, we. And I think that's what spurred him on to try to put the ship closer. And then it threw off their tractor beams and ripped a hole in the hole, like you were saying. And then all that crap came out to both ships and more so their ship. But the Cerritos got hit, too. They tried to break off the tractor beam, but it didn't work. And then all of that started to hit the hull and come into the ship, and it started just terraforming the ship, which had crazy consequences. Yeah. I think also, too, that his motivation was, wasn't he kind of like the lead on the project, and then they had kind of brought the Cerritos in to help, so he was like, it's our project or whatever, we we need to be better. And then also, I think Mariner also spurred that just because like her complete lack of respect was like really pissed him off so yeah i I I feel like that also played into it yeah so then we start getting all the terraforming on the ship and mariner and her mom the captain are still in the captain's office obviously and they're like what was that big bang or whatever and then everything starts coming in at them like rocks and stuff and then mariner they're at like a control panel or something Mm-hmm. And Mariner starts, like, saying, oh, I think we should do this, 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 and this. And and then she turns to her mom. And she's like, unless you had a better idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, first they were, first the whole office got filled with those, like, rocks and everything. And there was a bit of, like, you know, they were each sort of saving each other, getting out of the way. And then they had to tunnel out. And the captain kept saying things like, oh, I think you should do it like this. You should get a pointier rock. She's like, I should get a pointier rock. And there was that bit right at the beginning where she said something very like dramatic, like put her hands on her hips and was like, 
you know, this is a situation I can help with. And she's like, yes, that's exactly what's happening. Mariner always gets so annoyed when people do that sort of grandiose bullshit. Yeah. So they're digging through the rocks and yeah, her mom is giving her shit and she's saying nothing's ever good enough for you. And she said she just wants the best for you. So they have a little bit of a mother daughter moment when she breaks through the uh, rocks and they're into that tunnel and she's like, yeah, it would have gone faster, though, if you would have changed rocks. And she's just like, ah! Oh, my goodness. I cannot deal with that. I hate when people do that. It's definitely like that mother-daughter dynamic of the daughter has one viewpoint, the mom has another, and they're both, you know, they're both right in some respects. Obviously, the mom wants what's best for the daughter, but she's not listening to what the daughter wants. So, you know, it's... It's a complicated, complicated relationship. <laughs> it, I mean, it feels it feels pretty realistic because there are plenty of people who don't get along with their parents, and I can't even imagine. I'm wondering why they're on the same ship, because it's clear that the captain doesn't want her there, but if she was on another ship, it's also clear now, the way she was acting in front of this other captain, that she would still be Mariner. So why is she there? I think that, that might be a question that we we find out the answer to through the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean, my prediction would be like, or my speculation would be that she's there because A, no other ship really wants her if that's how her attitude is. And B, it's another way to kind of supervise her and like make sure she's staying somewhat on track, you know, and keep her somewhat in check. Not that she's an enemy of her mom, but it's like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer type thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's not exactly, I wouldn't say she's an enemy, but she's kind of like an obstacle to get over, you know? Right, and her father's an admiral, and maybe that's what he's trying to do, although it sounded like he got rid of her from, uh, he might be stationed on the ship. Normally the admirals are at Starfleet headquarters or at one of the deep space stations, but you know, who knows? I'm sure we'll find out more later. But anyway, so they get to the station and they do actually work together and the captain seems to have some, you know, admiration seeing her do well, doing what she thought she would do because she's great under, she does so good under pressure. She's just insane when she's bored or, yeah. you know, <laughs> anything like that. She needs, she needs the action for sure. Yeah. They transport the crew of the other ship to the terraforming ship and yeah. save them, which probably sucks for the other captain because, you know, he had to get saved from his dumb mistake. But, <laughs> you know, things happen. But yeah. we didn't even talk about the B story, which is Tendi, Tendi attending the Ascension ceremony. And that was bananas. Like that whole oh thing was so good. She was super excited to go see the show or show. She was excited to go see the Ascension and... She, I feel like we see here that she has so much energy and she's very exuberant, but she doesn't always contain it well because she rolls in there, sits down and is all like, what should I do? Should I look at them? Um, hmm, huh. And then gets up in the middle of this guy's ceremony and walks over to that gong thing and then just destroys the place. Oh my gosh. And that sand mandala looked so pretty. And he's like, I've been working on this for two years. Did that so, not remind you of being a kid with, like, Rosa art with all the colorful sands and you put them in the bottle, like, oh, in different yeah. levels and make designs with them? That was my first thought. I was like, oh, my God, it's like 
the little art bottles. <laughs> I actually, I remember those, but I actually thought of another show that I watch on Hallmark Channel um, called The Good Witch, and there was one episode where she, like, made a sand mandala, so. Oh, that's, that's a I thing. Yeah, it is, and it's a very good way to, like, meditate and, like, calm and focus your mind. So I can see, like, how that would help someone if they're trying to ascend. But also, like, unless his was super, super, super intricate, I don't see how it could take two years. Like, in the show that I watch on Hallmark Channel, it took, like, maybe a few hours to get one done, you know? Or, or like, a couple days. And how would you keep from, in the meantime, if you're working on it for two years, not destroying it or walking by it or... You know, just the ship, you know, hits something and it shakes. I don't know. But yeah, that whole thing was really fun. And then it gets destroyed and she's trying so hard to fix it. Like she goes to the replicator and gets more sand, just oh sort of pours God. it on there. And he gets super mad. He's he's, he's, he's so pissed off, pissed off and kicks her out. And, you know, just like, I hate you. Rah, 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 and Tendi is crushed. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too. Like, I knew something was off when he said that, too. Because, like, someone who is almost ready to ascend, I mean, I don't know that much about it, but, I mean, someone who's obviously meditated for, like, a living, pretty much, for a couple years. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that would be frustrating, but I feel like they would have learned to kind of channel channel their anger already instead of, like, freak the F out like that, you know? That just was kind of a... I mean, I know it's all part of the storyline with them, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that kind of threw me, too, where I knew something was up in that part of the episode. I felt the same way. In Stargate and Stargate Atlantis, there's characters who ascend to a higher plane of existence. And that's all about, you know, you have to find your inner calm. You have to let go. You have to want to... I I don't know. It's just, it's about being more than what you are. And I agree that he probably, even though he worked on the, the sand thing forever... If somebody messed it up, he would probably just be like, you know, it was sand. So I think that was a big clue to us that this guy wasn't what we thought he might be. Exactly. Tendi was just, she spent the next uh, 20 minutes of the episode trying to make it up to him and looked up all these rituals. That's when we saw Rutherford again. They met in the, uh, in the mess hall. And she's got all these books and candles and everything. And she's like, I will make him like me. I will. And he's like, I don't think you can do it. She's like, I can. And And she tried. She did. She got him like a metronome that would like help (laughs) him, you know, get back to ascension like status or whatever. And I think part of the like, obviously, at the end of the episode, we see that she, like, really has a problem with people not liking her, which is why she's doing all of this. But I think that if she had known that, you know, he wasn't really trying to ascend anymore, like, he was just doing it because he needed something different to do and he, like, needed something to be unique and he had been putting on this show for so long that he needed to finally ascend. Like, he had been doing the, like you said, he'd been putting on the show so long that he'd actually done the things to become better. But do you feel like Tendi that shows her how young she is? Because I assume as a brand new ensign, she's probably 21, 22 years old. So there's that, you know, the early 20s are all about, you know, you want people to really like you, you care 
about their opinions probably much more than you need to and you know you're really emotional and none of these things are bad but they they are a sign of immaturity like she hasn't had those experiences and so I can see why she's just like oh my god I have to fix this even though sometimes you can't fix those things yeah no I totally I totally agree and that's exactly what I was thinking I just think if she had known that he wasn't really trying to ascend anymore she could have kind of tailored her getting her him to like her a little more to him actually but I, I completely agree like she's definitely not in that completely mature stage yet um I think they're obviously in her field she's probably pretty mature but when it comes to just like life in general early 20s even like late 20s sometimes for some people depending on your experiences and your surroundings like you don't always get exposed to situations where you have to think for yourself and you just need to be okay with what you did and say like you try your best and if someone's not cool with that like that's their problem not yours you can't do anything about how other people act you can only control how you act and how you react you know I feel like I remember being in college and my friends who were studying I had a lot of friends who were in nursing they worked they worked three times harder than the rest of us honestly and they still got everything done and still somehow found time to you know go with us to Taco Bell at three in the morning it was amazing (laughs) but I would say that some of them were very emotionally all over the place because of that they hadn't had as much time to sort of hone those skills and in the medical field there's also like listen I'm pretty sure the all of those nurses will say the same thing they're, they're super confident in those skills, as they should be, because you don't want a doctor who's nervous around you. That would no. be terrifying. You want them to feel strongly about their abilities. But right. sometimes that transfers over into other stuff where it shouldn't be. Like with Tendi, I think that's what's happened. She's transferred all of that energy and that I know what I'm doing to think she doesn't know what she's doing about. Yeah. And she even like took vacation days to get this guy to like her too. So, you know. Yeah, it's like completely out of the realm of what you should be doing with your life. Exactly, exactly. So that was pretty crazy. It was crazy. She follows him around, goes to his quarters, you know, goes to his job posting and has releases these crazy insects and yeah it's just like so over the top she's wearing the outfit which is probably you know culturally insensitive i don't know and and then the uh and then the terraforming starts and they get sort of stuck together and almost die right away and he confesses to her he's like well we're probably gonna die so just so you know i made this whole thing up I don't know how to ascend. It's not going to happen. I just wanted something that made me stand out because it's hard to stand out in Starfleet. And then she's like, oh, well, if I would have known that, I would have done something differently. What did she say? I can't remember what she said, but... It was probably something along those lines. And then they sort of hug it out and they're like, I'm glad I'm going to die with my best friends. Like so emotional, both of them. Yeah, they I don't remember how they got to be best friends. It was something like something that they had in common that was like they were both liars. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) that that (laughs) we both lied. We're we're best friends now. (laughs) but she eventually like you know got to I mean before that 
specific scene, she they were basically like almost drowning and there were these little orbs that she took and she blew up the wall that had been she saved the day yeah she really did so she saved them there and then they were escaping and then a rock was gonna fall on her and the guy pushed her out of the way and she was like so sad and then that's the point where mariner and captain were you know were getting all of the they like put something in the air to kind of neutralize everything yeah neutralize everything and so then the rock you know it dissolved and disappeared and he was fine and then she's like oh my gosh i'm so glad you didn't die and then all of a sudden they're like making out like yeah that see they're so emotional (laughs) that was like wait what i thought she had a thing for rutherford but i think she just is she's she puts her emotions wherever she is and that's not a bad thing or anything but that was it was like whoa and then he starts to like float upwards and then he starts to ascend because he when a rock almost crushed him and he was like it's okay i forgive you go go save yourself so that was like i think a selfless moment moment. yeah yeah and then i've seen so many sci-fi ascensions and it's always like beautiful and amazing and it starts out that way and then it just gets awful like whoa (laughs) It kind of it kind of escalates real quick. Going back to Tendi real fast though with her emotions, I think that's definitely like her age group, like the way that they just act on anything and it's very in the moment and you know, it's not necessarily thinking about all the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is very much like not that all people in that age group are like that, but you know, it's a very well, I like, mean, college I know way I of was. thinking I feel like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I probably was too. Um, but it's a very, like, college way of thinking in that, like, stereotypical college life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you bond with um, people really quickly, and you feel really strong emotions about them, and you care about them, and they, people come and go really quickly. It's just a crazy time. Yeah, for sure. But back to the ascension, oh my gosh, that escalated so fast, and it was, like, nice at first, and he's, like, but then he is kind of like, wait, what's happening? And then you see, like, it the burns. three arms on each side. Yeah, he was like, it burns. And and um, he, like, was like, I can see everything. The secret to life is. And, like, we don't get the end of that. And his eyes turn, like, blackish, space color-y. And then, like, you just see, like, the whole universe in his, like, yeah, and figure. And there's, like, a just... turtle or a raccoon or something that's watching him. And he's like, what is oh, it? Oh, it's a koala. Yeah, why is it smiling? And then he, like, the energy around him, it looks like this, it looks like maybe like a Native American symbol, sort of a a hawk or a bird, and Mm. just all of these, these things, it was a mixture of beauty and terror, because he was like, oh my god, it burns, oh, it's terrible, and she's like, just descend, descend, and she goes, why is it taking so long? (laughs) That was the best one. Why is it taking so long? That's funny. Yeah. She was just, like, really confused, and she was concerned, but also proud at the same time, and she's, it was, yeah. (laughs) It was, that, that was my favorite scene of the whole episode, because it was so messed up, and it left you very confused on how you were supposed to feel about it, like, ooh, I don't know, was that, (laughs) he, he was ascending, and he could see the universe, but it didn't look like it was great, like, it looked like it was a lot to process. Yeah, and, like, I know nothing about ascending, but, like, do you ever 
descend? Like, do you ever come back down after ascending? Like, or are you just there forever and, like, disappear and you're gone? In, I mean, in most shows, you have ascended to another plane of existence. It's like a, I don't know, you, you can see everything, but you don't interact anymore. I mean, I'm basing all of this off of, like, Stargate, basically. Like, you can't interfere anymore, but you just, you're part of everything. And that's supposed to be really good, I guess. I mean, it doesn't seem too great based on what we just I know. Saw, but I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, nope. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I think I'll pass on the burning <laughs> and the, the eyes opening, like. And the koala. I don't even know. Yeah. The, the I mean, koalas are cute. They're, like, they're adorable. They're, it's true, but it was an all-knowing koala. How do you feel about all-knowing koalas? You know, I don't know, man. Like, that's, it's just. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much to think about. That was that was uh that was something. Yeah, but then like all that's left of him are his boots. Oh which, yeah, she takes like, them. Yeah, she takes them. But also like, if he didn't take his boots with him, why did he take his clothes? Like of all, you know what I mean? Like not that you know you should go naked to ascending or whatever, but like <laughs> why just his shoes? Like. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. There was there were so many questions. That was really funny, though. Like, wh- why, why just the shoes? You're right. Yeah, but she like picked him up and she's like, "Okay, bye. Like, have fun ascending. Like, have fun in like wherever you are." She's so positive about it. She's like, you know, yeah, good luck. Yeah, and that's like a perfect example of like you were saying, people coming and going so fast. Like, if he hadn't ascended, who knows where they would be? You know, like. Would they be dating? Would they not? Would Rutherford have a chance? Like, all this. Yeah, it could all be different. He could be part of the Lower Decks crew. Exactly, so. But it wasn't meant to be. No, he was meant to ascend and have everything burn and see the (laughs) all-knowing koala that was smiling (laughs) in the sky. Oh, man. And and then... um... After that, we go back to the conference room where there's an admiral there and he's giving Mariner and the captain medals for saving everyone. And right yeah. before that, Mariner talks to the captain and she they have this beautiful heart to heart. And her mom is like, maybe you really are ready to do all these things and have more leadership and command and this and that. And she's like, you should, we're going to keep you as a lieutenant. And Mariner's just like, no, you see it on her face. You know before it happens what's going to happen. And yeah. the admiral comes in and he starts giving a speech and he he says censors and then she oh says censors. And this this is a thing that people have done in different Star Treks. Like some people say it, some people say censors, some people say censors, but that was a really funny callback and Mariner could not help herself. She, yeah, she was like, excuse me, did you just say censors? Did you mean censors? And then, and then she's like, to the captain, she's like, what do you, what do you mean you say censors? You say censors, you don't say censors. And the captain's like, no, censors, that's how it's pronounced. That's how I say it. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and the admiral's like, are you making fun of the way that I mispronounce a word? Blah, 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 blah. Like, and she calls him, Mariner says, yeah, you dummy. She's making fun of you. I was like, oh, no, like that's you took that too far. And I think that shows again sort of where I know what she's trying to do, but 
she's taking it way too far. Like, it's it's super over the line. And yeah, like- she gets what she wants, but I, I think that shows that she is... She is too immature for the jobs that they want her to do, that she could do, but no, she's she's definitely too immature. I think it's a mixture of her being immature and a mixture of her, like, doing what she has to do to stay in the place that she wants to be also. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. It's a choice, 100%. Yeah. But I think her taking that choice, even the way she does it, is a sign of that. And, like, I'm not hating yeah. on Mariner. I like Mariner. I think she's super fun. But I think that that is... It, it's the difference between her having fun with it and her taking it, like, super far. I was like, whoa, yeah. this whole episode. So I'll yeah. be interested to see sort of where she goes with that because she has so many great qualities and she is a good leader, but she just... She has no interest in the the administrative side at all yeah definitely not and it's interesting too because like i think even though she is immature about it she almost has no choice in being immature about it because her mom and dad want her to obviously progress in the ranks and they're gonna keep pushing her to be more than an ensign and do more than what she wants to do at this point in her life and it's like she really doesn't have a choice if she wants to stay in the same position and do what she wants to do you know like it is immature the way she's going about it, but... I it's mean, working. It, it It is. It's working, and it doesn't seem like she has a choice because if she was being more mature, obviously they would then see that she's more mature and would then give her that responsibility that she doesn't want. So, you know. Also, real quick, we missed a little quip between her and her mom when they were, like, climbing down the tunnel on the vines, and she... She had, like, said, the captain had said something, and then Mariner was like, oh, well, I know that you're trying to, like, push me out by giving me all the shitty jobs and blah, blah, blah. And her mom's like, what? No. What? What are you talking about? And Mariner's just like, yeah, I know. I picked up on that. Like, I'm not as dull as you think I am, you know? Yeah, she's a bad liar. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So... She gets demoted again, which she's super happy about, super excited, and goes back down to the Lower Decks quarters where we talk to Boimler, and he's super pissed off again because now she's been demoted since the last time he saw her. Oh, and we didn't talk about the fact that he he came onto the bridge during this incident and spilled coffee over Captain Ransom's lap right as all of this happened. Oh, yeah. That was That's super his funny. little rebellion. <laughs> yeah, that was a very aggressive way to go about it. Yeah, for sure. But he's so disappointed with Mariner because he's like, you literally had everything that I've ever wanted and you just threw it away. How are we friends? And then she's like, um, because I still have the, I don't know what it was called, but it was, it like, was like a software chip- or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's a new invention from what I know. Like, it was a chip or something that gave you better options in the replicator, but I've never known the replicators to be limited except in Voyager when they were on rations. So I think that was sort of an invention just for this, or maybe Mm -hmm. it's something specific to the Cerritos, because you know the captain is crazy about stuff, so maybe she restricts food in some way, which is kind of a not nice thing to do but i don't know she's well figuring her style out i don't know 
Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like she's necessarily restricting, like, food in terms of amounts, but more like the gourmet stuff. Right, right. Is, like, for the people who are up top in the upper decks, and then, you know, the mac and cheese with baked beans and a hot dog or whatever, you know, like, normal person food or, like, hamburgers or pasta, whatever, just, like... Yeah, it's a little classist. I don't don't love that about the way she runs the ship. Yeah, I don't either. It's kind of, like, a bummer. But also, I mean, if you think about it in terms of, like, today's society, in terms of, like, if... Because they're not getting paid anything, right? They're just... They're already past, like, being paid things. So, like, if you think about it in today's society, it's like, okay, if you're... If you have more money, you're going to be able to pay for those more gourmet things. Whereas if you don't have as much money, you know, you're going to have to be more in, like, the normal food type. Yeah. What's the word? Like, type category. And as much as I hate that they're, since they're past money and everything, I hate that that's how they are with their food system. I think it's also like, okay, well, I do not necessarily the more important work, but, like, I have a higher standing, so I get to enjoy, like, that type of food. I mean, I I see what you're saying, but I feel like that's so not what their society is about. So I feel like that says something about the structure on the ship. And maybe I'm hoping we see the captain become a better captain because, you know, not everyone is going to be Captain Picard straight from the beginning or, you know, like a Captain Janeway Maybe this is her first big command and she's still figuring out her thing and she thinks that will create, maybe it's, she thinks it's an incentive for people to move up or something. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I mean, also it might just be a plot device and we should stop, you know, worrying so damn much about it. But, you know, (laughs) this is why we have a podcast, so. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think it's definitely in their time, old fashioned views, you know? Yeah. An old fashioned system, but... Boimler was so excited when Mariner showed him that. He's like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to go get... He, like, said, like, something about, like, mac and cheese, but, like, fancy mac and cheese or something, right? Something like that. That's so funny. <laughs> hey, listen, so. I get excited about uh, fancy mac and cheese, too. I, I yeah, love a good mac and sure. cheese. I mean, any mac and cheese, really. Just, like... Right? Even craft mac and cheese, like... Dude, that, let's be honest, that is the best mac and cheese. Like, I love yeah. a fancy mac and cheese with the crusty deliciousness on top, but nothing will beat that great feeling of homemade mac and cheese from the box. <laughs> For sure, yeah. It's just so homey and nice and cozy. Yeah, anyway. it's like ramen from the package. It's just, you know, it's just good. It's so much better, yeah. Yep. These are the uh, food blogs we have here on Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah, but it it's just, it's funny how excited he got. And then we skip to... Um, Tendi. To Tendi and Rutherford, and she's like, oh yeah, it was fun getting to know him, blah, blah, blah. He finally likes me. And she admits to him, like, how she has an issue with people not liking her, and then something i forgot exactly what the the exchange was but he said something that implied that not everyone liked her on the ship or something and she was like who is it what did they say <laughs> what is going on i need to know i need them to like me <laughs> and she was like she and then went she starts insane. like beating him up like you know in a fun yeah. way but i think that's the last shot as you see mariner relaxing in the bunk and tendy's like pulling his leg up and that's the last yeah. last scene yeah, that was funny. That was definitely really 
a really nice way to end the uh, chaos that was that episode. I mean, that scene, that reminds me of college, too. Like, this is all sort of uh, a reminder of being in college, because that was the kind of crap that you did. I mean, not that specifically, but it just has that familial vibe to it. So I really like that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So what did you think about this episode compared to the last three? Um, This one is my favorite. Hey, <laughs> I know there I you said go. that about last episode, but you know, this one's new and this one I think was a lot better. Um, even though we didn't get to see as much of Boimler or Rutherford, I think this one was the most fun and I think it delved into the people that we wanted to see most in terms of like character development. So I think that it was a lot of fun and it was definitely a really um, unique scenario. (laughs) I felt like this scenario was actually one of the most Star Trek and last episode was like that too, but this one specifically because the premise was interesting, the ship that could terraform. We're assuming that those people were probably in stasis to go to a brand new planet and the ship was their way to make whatever planet they were going to hospitable, which is an amazing technology. I mean, that's something that, you know, we would like in the future because, you know, a long time from now, a couple hundred thousand years, the Earth will no longer be a place we can live. So we're eventually going to have to either we're going to have to either find another planet to live on or we're going to have to terraform. So I love that idea that fits in with Trek. And then they just found a way to take that premise and make it completely insane. And it was just a fun episode. And we got to learn about the captain. And we got to see the captain and Mariner together. So it was it was like a... There was a lot going on. And we got to see Tendi. Yeah, I loved seeing her. That's for sure. Yeah. So what do we think is going to be happening in next week's episode? We saw a preview, but not an episode name. Um... I don't even remember what happened in the preview, to be honest. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what happened in the preview. If I could remember, like, one part of it, I'll be able to remember it. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Good idea. Shit, why can't um, I remember what it was? Oh, his girlfriend is visiting. Yes, you're right. Okay, okay. So I think that that's really hilarious that we have not even heard of her yet. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely something to be mentioned um, amongst your friends. But, you know, I mean, we're also heading into this series like mid-friendship, you know, so they may or may not already know. But, I mean, I have suspected in the past few episodes that Mariner kind of has a thing for Boimler or is at least like really protective of him, you know? Which in the preview, you obviously see, like, she thinks that his girlfriend is, like, an alien who's gonna, you know, suck his brains out or something or kill him or I don't know what she said. But, like, obviously she is very protective of him and is a little jealous of the attention that he's getting from her and, like, it'll be interesting. Maybe this girlfriend is some sort of something. Uh, I She gave many examples and then she pants the girl, so I'm interested <laughs> to see where we go with that. Yeah, she's like, beware of the tail. <laughs> oh man, I I'm well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how everybody does with all that. Yeah, we don't have a name yet for the episode, like you said, but I'm excited for that one. It it looks funny for sure, and definitely a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But they've been so much fun so far. So 
We've got, I think, this was four, and I think there's six left, so I'm excited about that. And uh, it's just been fun talking about the show. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been a really fun episode, and I believe this was four. We're going into five, so we will talk to you guys all next week. Thanks so much for listening. We are really having fun talking to you guys on Instagram and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Hit the five-star button. Those things help us. We like to see that. It just makes us go, yay! I text Allie, and I'm like, we got another review! (laughs) It's always fun to see your guys' support and new followers and just all the different you know memes and posts about the show, too, as a new person coming into this whole trekkie uh realm this whole trekkie world it's it's fun to see and and even like throwbacks that i don't really get you know but see how they relate to the current content that's coming out so it's a lot of fun seeing you guys you know message us or comment or like so yeah with Instagram, I try to only post things from other shows that are in some way related or would make sense to you because I know there are a million things I could repost, but they would make no damn sense to you. So I try to keep it within a realm of understanding. But, you know, there's sometimes there's just like beautiful fan art or, you know, someone says something funny and, you know, I, I like to repost that stuff. Yeah, for sure. All right. I will stop rambling on about the social media. And we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks again for listening. And bye. Bye.